And welcome back to the Lights Out podcast. Here we have a awesome race recap video of both the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, two both very exciting races um, that I'm very excited to get done record. Uh, listen, talking about with you guys. Um, you know, Baku is one of my favorite circuits, if not my favorite. Um, you know, it's a nice street circuit that has a lot of technical corners, but also has lots of opportunities uh, on, like, the home straight and, like, after turn three, I think, um, for overtaking. And the DRS is very powerful. Yeah, in the last few years, and we remember the drama of last year. So coming off of Monaco, I think this was a really great place to go to because Checo was gaining momentum after his win in Monaco. Mm-hmm. Looks like he looked like he had the, the beating of Max in qualifying pace, but then in the race, he obviously got off to a great start, and then obviously Charles's engine went kaput, and that's eventually what led to Max ending up beating Checo in the race because Max had better race pace, although Checo looked better in qualifying. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, going off the race start, you know, Checo got the jump on uh, on Leclerc, getting him into turn one. And, you know, Leclerc suffered a huge, a pretty big lockup. And I think just trying to, like, fight Leclerc in that first mm-hmm. turn um, kind of destroyed, like, uh, Checo's a little bit. Um, and even though Checo's known as, like, the tire management legend of uh formula one i think just trying to get out of like drs range um kind of ended up leaving him uh vulnerable uh to max who is obviously has a very good race pace at basically every circuit that we've we've gone to so far yeah i mean i feel like red bull obviously had a dream race then with Max getting the lead after Charles' engine went kaboom and Checo getting the P2. And it was just the problems for Ferrari just keep on going. Their, their reliability is just, it just isn't there and it still isn't many races into the season. And they've shown no signs of fixing it. I don't know if they've tried to. They must have, but yeah, it's just... I don't know what's going on with Ferrari. Something, yeah, no. something is though. Yeah, because Carlos Sainz uh, had like a hydro, a hydraulics issue on like lap nine, causing like the like the first uh, safety car. Um, right. I think, or it might have been a virtual safety car, but anyway. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, a double DNF for Ferrari, which has left them pretty vulnerable, you know, because they're. They're in a tough, they're in a tight fight for uh, the constructors with Red Bull, and yep. as uh, Leclerc is trying to also battle uh, Verstappen, and you know after uh, after after their strategy debacle in, in Monaco, um, the just like everything has kind of turned up in in Red Bull's favor, kind of exactly how it did last year um, between uh, Red Bull and Mercedes. Um, yeah. After like Monaco, Red Bull uh, took the lead in constructors. Um, but yeah, 
definitely. Yeah, and I think the biggest, the biggest, the funniest thing to me is how the stories changed from the first three races where Red Bull looked like the most not reliable team, if that makes sense. Like yeah, Max, no, I, yeah, definitely. Max, Max didn't finish two of the first three races, and it seemed like, you know, Ferrari's steadiness, like it looked like they were equal on pace, but Ferrari was the more reliable. Now it looks like I think Red Bull might be a little faster. And, I mean, we'll see. I don't think Red Bull are out of the woods yet with the reliability because we've had – I think Checker had an issue in Canada, and we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, and there have been little things like Max's DRS in Baku. Remember, it was, like, flapping around. in Spain. Yeah. No, no, no. In Spain, it didn't open. But in Baku, like, he was having issues in practice where it was, like, flapping around. They didn't know what the problem was, but they fixed uh, that. But I think with yeah, these yeah. new regs, I think it's going to take teams a whole season to get, like – as reliable as you know the cars were at the end of last season just because yeah. those regs have been around for so long um but i think the biggest takeaway from baku was that even if ferrari um you know are reliable i just don't think their race pace is as good as red bulls and that was actually you know if we come to where we are now that was the opposite of the story in austria ferrari's race pace was surprisingly good like they didn't even know why it was so good red bull didn't right at least um, but, you know, up until last weekend, it was like, before I can get pull all they want, but it's not going to matter because, you know, Max within a few laps of the start is just going to blow past Charles. And, you know, if Checo doesn't have any issues, he'll get second. Yeah. Going back to um to Azerbaijan, though, the biggest surprise for me was Sebastian Vettel getting P6 in the Aston Martin, which is... Probably one of the worst cars on. Definitely like I, one of the worst I, I cars think it's, on the I grid. Think it's and there's worst. like I think yeah, it's yeah. It um, is... It's tough to be an Aston Martin fan, but that was a huge surprise, and it was cool to see, honestly. Yeah, and yeah, and several of that track. So if there's any track he was going to pull out a surprise result, it was that one. Right. Yeah, and especially after uh, I don't remember what like lap it was. It was pretty early in the race. He was going for a move on uh Ocon and he he had it done but then like he like locked up and went off into one of the runoff areas and had to like do a nice like 180 and like lo- ended up losing a couple places and yeah still able to have a recovery drive I mean I mean yeah he did he was on the podium uh here like he was like a surprise podium finisher uh last year um as well as we kind of had a um, like a sacked podium of Checo winning, Vettel P two, and then Gasly P three, um, who've all been who are all like uh, dropped by their former tier former teams in the year last year or two. Um, but uh, yeah, and also as a Gasly fan, this was a a very good race to to see. Uh, you know. Gasly was was fighting Hamilton. Unfortunately, a bad uh, strategy call of not not pitting in that uh, last safety car ended up costing. Um, costing us a uh, good time, but um, yeah. But I one thing I want to mention about Baku is that uh, it was it was kind of even though. I'm, pretty much an AlphaTauri fan. 
Um, seeing Yuki Sonoda's broken DRS was the most hilarious thing in one of our <laughs> the, the duct tape. Put on the duct tape. <laughs> like, the pinnacle of engineering, like, ladies like, and gentlemen, duct tape. Exactly, and then it just duct tape for the wing. Yeah, uh, no, that I was know, I know, so funny. I know. Um, the FIA like they um did a black and orange flag for uh Yuki when they told told him that he had to come in the pits uh because that DRS like being half uh wide open was very dangerous as like piece of like carbon fiber could like fall off the car and which is totally understandable but I'm sure I was surprised that I thought he was gonna get like called back into uh like in a forced retirement uh or I was surprised like he didn't get any like uh penalty points on his license for that um yeah no that was um definitely surprising but it was quite funny to see the team just slapping duct tape on it's like yeah these guys are some of the best mechanical engineers in the world and that is their solution yeah to use duct tape. that was like one of those that's definitely gonna look back as like one of those memeable moments in f1 i'm surprised 100%. they didn't give him like the black and orange flag because they don't like i feel like that shouldn't be allowed because what if the duct tape is like flies off and then someone gets like impaled by a rear wing or something yeah, i mean <laughs> clearly it helps but like yeah i don't know yeah no I, I was i was definitely surprised that they were able to, to stay on i mean i mean he didn't score any he didn't even though he wasn't a point scoring position at the time like he ended up falling out of the point so i don't think there was really not anything to do to like penalize that would have like made anything that would have uh done anything but also um just since we were talking about ferrari's like and red bull's like reliability issues i know uh just because he's not really a massive like point scorer like you kind of like forget about the rookie uh joe Guan Yu. i i feel like he has he's had like so many mechanical retirements um especially and they all seem to happen when he's like, like either in the points or when he's like on the edge of scoring points yeah um yeah, and we can take that into Canada because, like, like you said, Chaz, Baku was one of those races. He had decent pace. He was good in qualifying, and I think that Alfa Romeo is really good in qualifying. It's a I fast it's similar, car, definitely. Yeah, it's similar to Ferrari in that its pace over one lap is quite good, but then in the race it seems to fall back sometimes, or at least Joe, that happens. And the same, it's the same with the Haas. Um, you know, Bottas had a really hot start, but I mean. Over the last couple of races, Joe's been equaling him and bettering him, um, which has been, I think, the surprise this season. Like, if, if you had said that, like, Alfa Romeo was competitive and, like, Joe would be equal to Bottas and then, like, bettering him on some weekends, like, I feel like that's a big shock. And we saw that in Canada. Um, I don't know. I don't think Joe finished higher than him, um, but he did get points. I think he finished P9. Um, and that that's just really impressive because we've seen so many rookies. And, like, recently, Mick Schumacher is finally – you know, got his point scoring groove on. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, the biggest... Oh, sorry, yeah. Chuck, you can finish. Yeah, just one last thing. It's just, like, we've seen so many rookies last couple seasons come in and struggle, um, and Joe has been really good at adapting into that to an F1 car um, and just putting in good, steady performances. He's not really crashing. He seems to be good in quality consistently. And then, you know, when, when the car is good enough for the track, he seems to get points. And that's all you can really ask for out of a rookie, you know? Yeah, for me, the biggest surprise of the season has been Haas. 
I know they spent all of last year working on this year's car, but still, mm. they've gotten basically like what back to back double points finishes. They've and they fighting. and they haven't even added an upgrade yet. This is the right, same car exactly. They're still in the same in. car they started the season with, and they're doing really well. And it's just shocking to me how well they're doing. Yeah, I think one. I agree with you, Chad uh, Spencer, just because like. I feel like Gunther Steiner and Haas saying at the beginning of the season, or beginning like saying last season, they were, you know, putting all their resources towards this car. Like you can say that, and in theory, it sounds nice, right? Like it's been a real surprise to see the genuine pace. Yeah, no, they've shown they did the work. Mick legitimately fighting Hamilton, like in what looks like not equal machinery, but like it's not. It's not like Hamilton had damage and they were bad. No. they were battling on pace. Right. It's it's really good to see Haas, which is America's team, do well. So Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, Chuck, I want, just want to give you facts early. For, so, for Canada, uh, Botas was P, P7, and then yeah. Joe uh, was P8 in Canada. Oh, where... is that because – didn't someone get a – didn't Alonzo get a penalty at the end? Yeah, Alonzo, yeah, he got a penalty because uh, originally he was seventh, but – uh, the FIA they caught him weaving on the straight, trying to defend uh from both. Yeah, so I think what I was thinking of Joe finished the race P nine, but it was the classification yeah. he was P eight because yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Alonso's then eventually finished P nine, which was a little bit of a heartbreaker a for my fantasy team, but uh b uh it was just like he had such a nice qualifying being on the on the front row. Uh, we'll get onto that later, but um. One one other thing I wanted to add about uh, Haas was also just a surprise of I didn't think um, uh, Magnuson would be doing like so well as, as like so I did, I wasn't sure if he would even outperform outperform Nick just uh Mick uh just because uh he's he was out of like F one for for a year and I wasn't sure like where his confidence level would would be at um. But yeah, it is nice. Like they've both made multiple like Q three appearances, and and they have, and now on uh, present time they they have both have points. So yeah, um, I think we can wrap up Baku. You know, uh, you know all reliability issues. You know, lots of good overtaking and and battles. Um, but I think. I think we've covered everything, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Moving on to Canada, um, obviously the story coming from Baku was the fact that Leclerc's engine like exploded, um, and then he was starting at the back of the grid. And then I feel like for me, this was my like, I had my eyes set on science from the beginning of the weekend because of that reason. Like, okay, Leclerc's out of the battle for first. We know that because he's starting at the back. Like, what can Carlos do? Because he had he was on such a poor run. We had seen glimpses of him, you know, being his normal self, but he was never really matching Leclerc at any point. Um, and I was really ple- like pleasantly surprised to see him really pushing Max all the way for those last few laps. He just didn't have the pace uh, in that Ferrari's race pace to, to, to get him at the end after that safety car. Because I really thought that was it. Because Carlos was going to – I think he was doing – he was going to be on fresher tires – but he, he wasn't going to pit. And then he pit and was on really fresh tires. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, he basically yeah after that like last uh safety car uh, caused by Sonoda uh crashing uh. Since there was a full safety car, Science was like right behind Verstappen on, on like new. Yeah, new he had tires. fresher tires. Yeah, and yeah. Verstappen, Verstappen, they they weren't super old, but obviously they were older. But to be honest, like because Canada was like a wet, uh, qualifying, I was surprised. I I would have, I would have honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if Science had gotten his first pole at at Canada because. Science is generally has been pretty very good in the wet. I mean, I know Max is also good in the wet. You know, he got a pull in, in Spa last year, yep. and if you go all the way back to 2016 uh, in Brazil, you know he had that uh, incredible save. Uh, yeah, and and also good performance on just overtaking everyone and having massive guts and bravery and all that not to yeah. digress into why Max Verstappen is a beast but also uh, Hockenheim 2019 that's true he, even, though, even though yeah he, he had, had two 360s on the track yeah and he still won yeah and you know our RIP to Nico Hulkenberg's podium chance right uh yeah. but Chuck, Chuck will be mad that I said that we're not gonna tell him about that uh <laughs> but uh yeah, but um, yeah, no. To be honest, during the like the first part of the race, I was a little surprised to see that um, Leclerc he didn't seem to be making up that much ground um, on like the on like the back of the pack. I know he like P twenty to P five is a pretty good recovery drive, but I don't. I expected him not necessarily to be uh. Not necessarily to be like higher up in the points per se, but I just expected him to like pass like all like the kind of back markers like the Williams and sorry Spencer like the Astons and McLarens, uh, just a little bit quicker. Um, but, but you know, um, but we also did have. So, uh, saw like reliability issues in uh, Checo. He had a bad uh, qualifying, um, and was starting in like kind of like the midfield, and then he had a mechanical issue that led to retirement. And and then uh, Mick was on on pace for some points or to get his first points, but he was unable to to clinch those. Yeah, and that was kind of the story of mixed season. He'd always been good in qualifying, but he seemed to just drop back in the race, like every race, and it was really demoralizing. Um, and he could never – Sorry, hold on. Um, and he could never really stay up there. And then you saw recently he's been trying to attack more and not just play defense, and I think that's kind of why he's been getting points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also um... – just because we haven't really touched on it much, uh, I just kind of want to talk about like the Mercedes, uh, both Hamilton and Russell. They they have good pace, but like they're above like everyone. They are pretty much the best of the rest, but they just have like nothing to really compete with. Um, 
with like Red Bull and Ferrari. Like I can't seem to really throw anything at them. You know, uh, in Max's last pit stop, uh, he got stuck behind Hamilton. I think Red Bull did had a little miscalculation because Max had a like a quick pit stop, but he still ended up behind uh, Hamilton. Uh, but like Hamilton had like no hopes of being able to like, keep Verstappen behind, which was not the case last year. Um, so it just shows that they're porpoising and other issues haven't really gone away. You know, Lewis has complained that his back hurts uh, from like all these races. Um, and that, that's, that's a little frightening as like a safety issue, but also if you're like a Mercedes fan and, uh, you know, just kind of seeing their kind of like their reign over, uh, Formula One is coming to an end. All right. So, uh, basically as I was saying before, uh, Lewis and, and George, uh, they're just seem to be the best of the rest right now. Um, they're pretty clear. Uh, they're clearly like faster than like Alpines and Alfa Romeos, but they really have like no answer to the like fast pace of Red Bull and Ferrari. Um, but I do want to mention that like Alpine, it seems like they have pretty good pace. Um, it seems like there's, they have like an improvement from, from last that either Esteban or Fernando always seems to like end up with bad luck. And it's, it's usually Fernando. Um, Cause he's like, if you look at the driver's standings, um, he's like, a, he's, a lot further back than uh, there's a lot of points than Esteban does. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Fernando getting on that front row and qualifying shows that, like, he's he's still fighting. Like, he's still a great driver. Um, you know, a lot there are a lot of questions because uh, of his age. Um, you know, he's over 40. It, like, how much longer he's going to be, you know. Um you know, Oscar Piastri is, you know, chomping at the bit, trying to get an F1C. And just because he's in the, like, the Alpine uh, Academy, you know, like, his kind of like his first choice is uh, to get Fernando's seat. But obviously, there there are some other rumors of places um, you are that you might be able to get into as multiple appeals contracts are uh, coming to an end uh, after this season. But that's right. like number one. Yeah. Thank you all for, for listening to this episode. Um, all of our social media links will be in the description. Please go follow us. Um, yeah. And then we will have another episode coming out shortly on the British Grand Prix and to the Austrian Grand Prix. So stay tuned for that. Wow, Spencer, look at you. I know, I'm a pro at this, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, thank you guys for listening and do what Spencer said.